This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, family? Happy Halloween and welcome to Speak. I'm Emmanuel Acho. That is Dave Hellman. That is... Come on. Velma? There we go. Velma. Or Scooby. (laughs) (laughs) That's LaShawn McCoy, because you gave no effort to an outfit, so you shady all day, big dog. Just don't don't fumble it. Don't fumble it. Okay, look, the Cowboys woke up in a big way yesterday. How about them Cowboys? Yo, they put up a season-high 49 points, including 42 on offense. Dak Prescott, he played pretty well. Two touchdown passes, ran for another. Zeke was absent, but without Zeke, Tony Pollard went crazy, had a hat trick. Three touchdowns, 131 rushing yards on the Cowboys. Now 6-2 after dominating the Bears easily. Golly, what a game it was. Now, look, I will be honest. I picked the Chicago Bears to win. I did. I was wrong. Here's what I was right. I thought that the Bears' offense would run the ball. They did. But I had no idea the Cowboys' offense could be this good. I had no idea the Cowboys' offense could be this potent. Cowboys, kudos to y'all. Cowboys fans, congratulations. Y'all have a great thing going. If the Cowboys' offense can play as well as they played yesterday, I don't know who and how the Cowboys can be stopped. If Dak Prescott can help move that offense, I'm talking about 10 of 11 through his first 10, 11 passes, one touchdown, no interceptions to start the game. We know how good that defense can be. That's a top five defense. But if that offense can play at a top five level, particularly in the NFC, who going to stop them, huh? I don't see it. I'm watching it, Shady, and I'm like, you know what? This Cowboys team is better than we thought because that offense is better than we thought. We all know how good the defense can be, but Dak Prescott showed to be vintage Dak Prescott. Why do I say vintage Dak Prescott? Because he didn't look that good against the Lions, obviously coming back from a thumb injury. Definitely didn't look that good against the Bucs. Didn't look that good in the playoffs last year against the 49ers. Didn't look that good. Well, he did look that good, but he was playing against Eagles against in their backup, backup Eagles in the last game of last season. So we have not seen Dak Prescott play this well in nine, ten months. If the Cowboys offense can play like this, then this Cowboys team will be hard-pressed to be stopped. Dave Hellman, again, you've watched every single Cowboys game for the last 11 years of your life. What did the Cowboys offense prove to you? Yeah, it proved – I mean, this is, this is the best-case scenario of what the Cowboys can be on offense. And when you play like that, this is a really I'll – stick, I'll stick on theme. They're very scary. They're very scary <laughs> when they can do all of that to complement with that, with that with their defense. The thing for me – Look, what we were worried about coming into the season, and I'm not letting it go completely, but like some of the explosiveness was gone from this offense. You trade Amari Cooper away. Dalton Schultz has been banged up this season. That's been a problem. But look at what they did yesterday. They fueled it all through the running game, which is something we know they wanted to do. 
looked pretty damn explosive with Tony Pollard instead yeah, of Ezekiel Elliott. Right. I'm sure we'll get into that. But it, it was so complimentary. Like, you had C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup making their contributions. But the crazy thing for me is that they didn't have Noah Brown available. They didn't even really use a third receiver. They used their tight ends. Schultz had a great game. The two youngsters, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. The way that it all kind of flowed together was very impressive. So I don't think this group is as talented as it was last year. But they sure as hell look balanced. And when they get it going as balanced as it was yesterday, again, it can prove very hard to stop. And just for the record, it's Dak Prescott pulling all of those strings. He looked fantastic yesterday. And that is fantastic. That's with the pick, Shady. I'll even say it was an, it was an ugly pick right before halftime. Still looked fantastic. What you what the offense proved, 2-5? Um, <clears throat> I don't know about fantastic. Right? They play well. I think Dak played well. But what they showed me, I think, is that they need to make a change at running back. Before, uh, what, last week before the game, I was texting you and talking to you about it. Mm-hmm. I said, man, I-, I-, I like Zeke, but I was scared that if Pollard got enough carries, that the world would see, like, oh, this guy needs more touches. This guy needs more carries. So that's what they showed me that, that-, that Sunday, is that Pollard needs to be the future b- back. We talk about explosion. He was explosive. He was everywhere. I seen 20 going everywhere. It's like the old 90s Emmett. He was just blowing everything, holes. <laughs> but when I look at that team, they, they don't scare me, right? I know it's Halloween and you Still. said scary. No, come on. For example, I hate to pick all the bad, but it's Eagles, Cowboys. I must do it. When I watch that game, especially going into halftime, your quarterback, your $160 million quarterback throws a pick. Now, granted, they, they're playing the Bears, who's not a good team, so let's not get carried away here. And their quarterback can't really throw the ball. They run the ball all day. They can't throw it. Now, playing a good team like the Eagles, you give Jalen Hurts a turnover, right, on their side of the ball, we're, going, we're not going to get three points. We're going to get seven. It's a challenge. When you play a team, the only thing they can do is run the ball. There's no fear. You stop the run, you get the ball, you, you get touchdowns. That's what happened. So, that's like you're blown away by this win. It was a good win. wasn't great and all that stuff he's talking about. He's tripping. It's Halloween. I don't listen to that cup. I actually, they, did, they did okay. I agree with, like, I'm, look, I'm not trying to blow a win against the Bears out of proportion. Like, yeah, like, they were supposed to win. They were favored by nine and a half, ten points. Now, like, how does that happen? They what? were supposed to win this game convincingly, and they did. But you can blow an out-of-proportion win against the Bears out of proportion. I'm not going to sell a 20-point win over the Bears short. But, Velma, please um, break down what you discovered. What I discovered is not much because I've seen this version of the Cowboys before. I don't want to, you know, just ride down the middle of the lane. But just because you pick the Bears to win does not make this a big win. This was not a big win. This is a win they should have gotten. I didn't need them to blow them out the way that they did. I didn't really care how they got this win. But they did get the win. They should have beaten the Bears. And we can't overreact too much to it as a whole. We've seen this version of Dak Prescott before. I thought he was good. I wouldn't go as far as to say fantastic, but I would say he was good. Mm -hmm. And he was an elevated version of what we've seen from them all year. However, however, I'm a shady. And I kind of felt like this was an inevitable thing that was going to happen at some point in the season anyway. But this is how we landed because Zeke happened to be hurt, so he had to be the feature back. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Money ties things up. It yeah, just it does. does sometimes, that's true. and that's kind yeah. of the situation. It's not that Zeke is a bad player, but you saw what Tony Pollard is capable of doing, and you, you had questions going into the week, weekend about how much he was going to be able to do when he had more carries, mm-hmm. right? Well, he answered that as well. So to me, if you want to have a, a scary Cowboys team, you want to be leading with your running game, and what you saw from them is that they're capable of doing that with Tony Pollard. Now, are they willing to have the guts – 
to make that call, that I don't know. That, that's what we got to talk about next, and okay. most importantly to me. And Dave, you've put out several very good thoughts on Twitter uh, about this. I don't think Ezekiel Elliott should play another snap unless he gets Tony Pollard's permission. Period. Wow. Like, that's how you feel? That's how I feel. That's, that's, Con- contractually, that's contractually that's cruel, we've all heard this figure of speech. Uh, you have first right of refusal. Tony Pollard should get first right of refusal on every single carry. Hey, Tony, we about to run the ball. Now, nah, go ahead. Get this one to Zeke. Hey, Tony, we about to run the ball. Okay, I'm good, y'all. Oh, here go my mic. Hey, Tony, we about to run the ball. I think Tony Pollard should get first right of refusal on every single carry, and it is no more complex and no more simple than that. If he is that good, and Dave, he is, I hear you on having two running backs. That's cute, but just give me the running back that is scary, that is dangerous, that is explosive, and that is more complex. Zeke is nice. But Zeke is holding the Cowboys back if he is getting more carries. He's holding the Cowboys back if he's holding the ball in his hands. You look oh. smoother than Tony Pollard did putting that microphone back on. Like, yeah. way to go, man. You <laughs> experience better. This is God-given. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't completely disagree with you. My thing is, okay, let's just, let's just put this out there. Like, we don't have to hide from it. Zeke's contract is enormous. The Dallas Cowboys are not going to want to completely bench a guy who accounts for $90 million. It's just not the way it works. You know, you can sit here and say the best player should play. That's not the way that it works. It's just not. So first of all, consider that. Like, a guy who accounts for $90 million is going to have a role on the offense. He just is. Mm -hmm. Not only that. I just I feel like people act like Tony Pollard has just been languishing on the bench. Like, can I play? Can I get some playing time? Like, that's not true. This was his fourth 80-yard game and his second 100-yard game. Like, he has a role here. He's got what? He's got 81 carries to Zeke's 109. It averages out to about 16 per game for Zeke and 10 per game for Tony. Do I think that should get a little bit closer? Yep. Yes, absolutely. Try you to. I think it's a skew the other way because that's where I'm at. I would settle for even because I would. And look. The numbers will even tell you, like the, 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 the nerdy efficiency numbers about added value, all that stuff. Like, they'll tell you Zeke has not been very effective. I do think there's something to be said for not completely being able to quantify the impact that he has between his intelligence, his ability as a blocker. I know people don't want to hear it. I don't care it if matters. you don't want to hear it. It does, it does matter. matter. And, and the physicality does that it? he plays with. is Okay. It doesn't matter? It does matter. I play running back. I don't know if you guys knew that. I played for some years. <laughs> It don't matter. What doesn't matter? Exactly? I'm about to tell you. First of all, Zeke is what, 12 million a year? 15. 15 a year? Cap hit, yeah. Not because he can block. Not because he we can We know block. that. Look. Because he can run. Right? Run. run. So, so real quick, not to, not to cut you off and make, you know, what I was going to tell you a little bit about running back. First of all, you don't need to, you're not, they're not paying guys to block. True. When it's third and eight, third and nine, Zeke, come in the game, brother, and block. If not, we need to run. I think they should. I don't mind Zeke starting. That's cool. But who's getting the 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 low reps? It should be Pollard. I'm talking about because he's the most explosive player, not just in the backfield, on the, on the offense. I just on the offense. I want to point this out again. And like, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Like, Tony has proven to be the more explosive and the more dangerous runner. Like, I'm certainly not trying out to argue offense? otherwise. Yeah, I mean, out of the offense. Yeah, no, yeah. completely. My thing is. Zeke's only had one 20 uh, carry game this season. Like people, like people are like, "Oh, you got to stop giving Zeke the ball." Like the reps are pretty even. Like he's averaging about 15 to 17 reps per game. Like I said, if you could get that closer to even, 
maybe Tony's the one with 16 and Zeke's got 12 or 13. That's fine. Jordan, I don't know if that's going to happen. Let me come to you on this one. Uh, the Cowboys, <clears throat> you are obviously going to be last at the party. You said that time after time after time. But if the Cowboys' defense, which we know is good, can continue to play well. Great, elite. They're very good. They're very good. I don't think they're number one, but they are very good. But if the Cowboys' defense can continue, they're this scary? I just wanted to look at you. Oh, Ozzy, brother. Sorry. If the Cowboys' defense can play this good, but the offense can score 42 points offensively against the top 10 defense at the time, how far can this Cowboys team go? Are you ready to at least take a sip? Out of cool lady, you still chilling. I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful to the Bears because their defense has been playing well. And some statistics are pointing to maybe Justin Fields is getting better. He is getting a lot oh, better. Maybe he's, he's getting playing a little, bit, a little better. bit better. But they're, not, they're still not a good team. They're not a good team. It, I, I do believe that the, the Dallas Cowboys defense is the best in the league, and I think that they will make them Super Bowl contenders if you're buying into the Cowboys being Super Bowl contenders. But this win is not going to change my opinion of the Cowboys. What about the Cowboys' offense? Nope. How well they played against that defense? I know the Bears in totality aren't good, but you can separate the Bears' offense from the Bears' defense. Defense was number six in the league going into that game. Cowboys' defense being number one in the league in your mind, they were only number three in the league. So that Bears' defense is legit. Does that not, like... I'm exaggerating how good the Cowboys' defense is. I think statistically, I think we've all kind of exaggerated it to a bit. But I think putting, oh. up, putting up 42 against a Bears' defense, does that not change your mind? No, this win does not, does not move me either way. It just doesn't. The one good, there's good things to take from it. I think Dak Prescott looks healthier. He's throwing the ball a lot. He's throwing the ball well outside of the interception, obviously. But he had some great throws yesterday. They ran the ball well. They had a very balanced, nice offense. Yeah. I think it's all very nice. It's very nice. It was a nice, nice win for the Cowboys. I'm not going to be moved to overreact to this win. If I see you do this against the Eagles, if I see you do this against uh, the Niners, right? What's the this you speak of? Because I don't know that Hang they'll beat the Eagles. almost a 50-burger on somebody? That? Yes. Yeah. Not, see, that, I, I don't know if I'll see the Cowboys do that. I don't think they will either, and I don't think they'll need to. But are they going to look like they did yesterday against a team like that. There's not that many great teams in the NFC. We know that. It's very small at the top. That's really, true. in my opinion, only one at the top, which is the Eagles. And everybody else is in another category, to me. But if you're going to... I agree. <laughs> if you're going to make arguments for the Cowboys, then they're going to have to play like that against a team like the Niners, against a team like the Eagles. Mm. And we, we haven't seen point, that. We've actually point, yeah. just seen them do yeah. have a game against the Eagles, and it didn't go like that. So it's not to downplay a nice win going into the bye. It's great. This is exactly the situation you would want to be in. And, in fact, at the beginning of the season, if we had said this was a situation that the Cowboys were Take in going into the bye, most times. people would disagree and we would absolutely sign up for the situation. 100%. That they're in right now. And the game would well, be different. Like, we, we watched Trayvon Diggs get beat on, on, a, on a post corner, right? Mm -hmm. after, after they beat him with Mooney, they didn't go back to it. Where other good teams, where a good offense, that quarterback can throw the ball, they're going back to that two or three times. Or if, if your guy fumbles and you see it, you don't go over and jump over him. You probably touch him to make sure he's down. Other teams won't do that. Not they hate on the Cowboys, but I'm just saying, like, it was a bad, bad Bears team. The, cow, the Bears Come did on. exploit the Cowboys in some degrees, but the Cowboys offense at the end of the day, they put their foot on their nets. We got a better conversation coming up because the Panthers, they were so close to a miracle win oh. over the Falcons. But what so you close. see on your screen changed everything. We'll talk about it when we come back. We got a fine kicker for now on. We just got a fine. So close. And yet. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, family. We all live double lives. Let's check in now on our social life. Bears star linebacker Roquan Smith got traded. Jay Glazer tweeted, Bears and Ravens agreed to a trade for Roquan Smith. If you do not know who Roquan Smith is, Roquan Smith is the best player on the Chicago Bears defense. Roquan Smith leads the league in tackles, and he is the best player on the Chicago Bears team. Roquan Smith is an absolute stud. Top five linebacker, in my opinion. Shady, what's this mean for the Ravens? You like it, you like it, you like it. I love it. See, you know why? Because I, I hate when... Like, really, really good players are on bad teams. And then you put a really good player on a good team. Oh, my God, I'm excited. That's a great move for that defense. Him and Clarence Campbell? Man, listen, listen. That's great for Lamar. Lamar, they did a good thing for you, bro. They did a good thing. Well, speaking of not-so-good things, how about the end of the game in Carolina? Not so good. Panthers, they had a 70-yard heroic play. You'll see it right here. P.J. Walker, he finds D.J. Moore 70 yards to seemingly win the game, except P.J. Walker. D.J. Moore right there takes his helmet off. We all know that's a penalty. You can't do it. But worse, after that, Eddie Pinheiro, the kicker, lines up for a 48-yard extra point because of the penalty. He misses it. D.J. Moore dejected, walking to the locker room after an overtime loss. 2-5. A lot of conversation around this. D.J. Moore catches what would have been a game winner, but he gets a penalty. Penalty, 15 yards assessed to the extra point. Now instead of a 33-yard extra point, it's a 48-yard extra point. Eddie Pinheiro, the kicker, misses a 48-yard extra point, misses in overtime. Panthers lose what they should have won. Do you blame D.J. Moore or Eddie Pinheiro, the kicker? I need, I need a moment for a second. Take it. Take all the time you need. <sighs> okay. The playoff perspective, let me tell you this. It's so hard to make plays like that, right? The, the, the game on the line, right? You throw a 70-yard bomb, double coverage, bang, touchdown. And then a kicker, oh, my God, the kicker. What's his name? It doesn't matter his name. Just a kicker. You have one job to use, not two legs, but one leg, kick one ball. On a field goal, they ask you, do you want a right hash on the middle or the left hash? Mm. Whatever the kicker wants, they give it to him. Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable on the right hash. Put it on the right hash. What's he do? He still misses it. It was a what? What's the note say? A 48-yard field goal? Come on. I blame him. I blame the kicker. I don't want to say his name. I blame the kicker. He, he doesn't have a name it, to you. No, he's the kicker. On a team, they're so mad at the kicker. A, a play like that never happens. Right? Patrick Mahomes tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. The best plays happen all season. And then what happens? The kicker blows the game. So, DJ Moore, I won't blame you, right? As football players, they get us hyped up. You know, they got guys doing, I don't know if you can talk about it, but five-hour energy drinks. Mm-hmm. I don't know who responds about it. Yeah, they take that before the game. They take all type of medication to get hyped. I mean, everybody's smelling face, salt. Red Bulls. Smelling salts. Smelling salts. I remember that smells up for the game. You get hyped up. So, to, touch, to catch a ball like that in the game, touchdown, to end it off, you excited. The kicker comes on there, not excited. Little trot. <laughs> kicks the ball. I'm so mad because they want to blame DJ for taking his helmet off, but in that moment, you can't control yourself. Well, with your kicker, you can control that one leg. A couple I, little toes. You said they want to blame DJ more, but where do you stand, Dave? Well, oh. I mean, we gotta we gotta keep saying? in mind. We gotta keep like we gotta give DJ more some grace, right? I mean, he's a rookie. This is his first time doing this. 
Oh, he's, oh, he's not? Oh, this is his fifth year in the league. He's, no, no, but this was the first time he's ever made like a big play. Oh, no, he's the best thing going on the Panthers' offense. He does this all the time. He does it well enough that they paid him $70 million to do it. He's been in the league since 2018. That, Joy, that rule's been on the books this whole time, right? Like, what are we talking about here? You obey one basic rule, and you set your kicker up for a chip shot instead of, yeah, like an NFL kicker should make from 48, but 48 is like where I'm starting to get nervous. Like, you know, you're, you're not – you're not feeling confident when you line up from 48, especially. That's not automatic. The alternative is 33. And by the way, I looked this up just because I knew what Shady had to say about it. Eddie Pinero was 48 of 51 on extra points entering that kick. Like when he lined up for that kick, he was 48 of 51. The three misses, one of the three was also from 48 because he got a penalty on that one. And another one was blocked by the other team. So he's really only ever missed one extra point from 33 in his entire career. He's been doing this since 2019. So maybe you just shouldn't have taken your helmet off, DJ Moore. This is nobody's fault but yours, dude. You need to cut him. He's not getting cut. Not, up, not based off those numbers. That's not happening. He might get cut. I'm praying he does. <laughs> Joy, you blame DJ Moore, you blame Eddie Pinheiro. Uh, I, I blame DJ Moore. And, and, and listen, the kicker is not without blame here. He does need to do his job, to Shady's point. But this is a team game, and you need to be responsible for your teammates. <laughs> you need to put them in the best position. You have to help them, right? You want to help your quarterback by blocking for him and not missing blocks. You want to help your running back by creating holes, right? You, as a running back, don't want to fumble the ball. Put your defense in the bad right, position. Right, right. Everybody has a role to play. And sometimes kickers miss, miss kicks. Like sometimes running backs fumble balls and sometimes quarterbacks throw interceptions. It all happens because everybody makes mistakes and no one is per- perfect. That's why we play this game. Mm-hmm. What you could do, though, what you could do. Let me hear it. It's not do the one thing you can't do. <laughs> it's the one thing. It's one thing that you can't do. If it was a subjective call from the ref, I'm with you. I'm with you. Subjective calls in those situations, in those moments, drive me insane. I don't want, to, I don't want you regulating what you think should be uh, a celebration or too much of a celebration or tra- this trash talk's gone over the line. I don't like all that. Everybody's in a different mood when it comes to that stuff. This is not a subjective call. It's really simple. Don't take your helmet off. Don't take it off. That's it. Real simple. It's very simple. So for me, I do think there's blame on both sides, but you can't just exempt DJ Moore because he was excited. This is a game that you play. This is a big moment. And, and what bothers me the most about this situation, what really kills me, and it wasn't a game winner because they needed to kick the field goal. So they just tied it. It wasn't a game winner. So you actually didn't even win the game or you would have been able to take your helmet off. There was still more work that needed to be done, which is why I went into overtime. And we already lost. So none of this matters. This play is meaningless. It doesn't even matter. But what kills me the most about this is this P.J. Walker story is so great. It's such a great story. We should be talking about this all over sports media. It is amazing what he has been able to do. He is starting, obviously injuries involved, in front of two first-round picks. We can't even talk about it now because we're talking about DJ Moore taking his helmet off and then losing the game. Hold me down. Hold me down, brother. I blame the kicker. (laughs) Come on, man. The reason being, I feel like what we are are oversimplifying is emotion. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you all might be oversimplifying. This play, as I'm watching it, I'm hyped. 
Uh, to catch a 70-yard bomb, bomb that wasn't a Hail Mary, right? If it was a Hail Mary, I think you're kind of expecting to get lucky. That's the point. Hail Mary, by the name of it, you're kind of – it's hope. This wasn't a Hail Mary. <laughs> like, this was a play that you knew more plays were to be run. So, if you catch a 70-yard bomb, you seconds. are hype. We're not talking about this because DJ Moore took his helmet off. We're talking about it because Eddie Pinheiro missed the kick. If Eddie Pinheiro makes the kick – we're not talking about this. If Eddie Pinheiro makes the kick in overtime, the 32-yard uh, field goal, we're also not talking about, about that this. one. So we're not actually talking about it because D.J. Moore took his helmet off. We're talking about it because Eddie Pinheiro couldn't make a 48-yarder. Then he couldn't make a 32-yarder. That's why this is actually a debate. Dave, we, we are absolutely we're absolutely talking Olfer. about this. Even if he hits the overtime kick, we're still talking about it because you watch the highlights and you go, damn, D.J. Moore made that catch? Wait, why did it go to overtime? Well, you see, he took his helmet off, and then the, this sure. happened, yeah, and if, if, they if, won if an Eddie, overtime. If Eddie makes the kick after the penalty, then we wouldn't be talking about not it. Talking I would about agree it. with you. Not talking about it. But he, he didn't. And then if, if it went to overtime and he won, we would still mention it. But none of it matters because you know what happened? Because Eddie didn't make the kick. They lost. Correct. They lost. But here's my thing. If I can catch here's, – here's my train of thought. If, if I'm DJ Moore and you speak to it because you played at a higher level, if I can catch a 70-yard bomb and if PJ can throw a 70-yard bomb and if I can beat two defenders and if my offensive line can hold up enough to have time, then the least you can do, Eddie Pinheiro, the least is make off. a kick. No, the least Eddie Pinheiro can do. Don't take your helmet Because if I off. can catch that joint, yeah, but that's so simple to say as we sit behind desks in suits without 60,000 people No, 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 no because screaming, emotional discipline is important. It is. Emotional discipline is actually everything in pro sports. There's talent and amazing physical feats every single week. There's human specimens that are just unbelievable, right? They go into the draft every year. Unbelievable uh, athleticism sure. and power and strength. Sure. Mentally, what are you doing? Sure. That's when games in the NFL are won and lost, is the sure. little mental things. That's the difference between winning teams and losing teams. When teams are undisciplined and get ridiculous penalties, 10, 12 penalties, we don't talk about like the, them like they're good teams because they're undisciplined. What is discipline? Mental. Mental is important. It is, absolutely is. I'm not undermining the importance. Yes, not at you all. Are. Yeah, You're yeah, you saying are. it's all in the kicker. You didn't even mention no, DJ. I'm, I'm not undermining the importance of it. I'm just saying if I can do all that, I would hope you can make None a None of it matters because mentally you couldn't control yourself so, enough to <clears throat> not do an automatic penalty. But it's here, an automatic so, penalty. How, how do you feel about, like, the emotion of the game, right? I think it's important, but the emotion can't override your entire well, team. It did. They, 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 they lost. It's they, an end. They no, lost because that, he missed a kick, not because the he kick was significantly the harder if, because of what, the 32-yarder. How about the 48-yarder that would have ended it in regulation? Listen, listen, you, you telling me you get a 70-yard bomb with 15 seconds left, right? Damn. And you catch that, you're going to be so excited, you're going to go crazy. Of course you should. All we need is for Ofer to just hit one of them. <laughs> Ofer just hit one of them Look, kicks. You know what this reminds me of, honestly? It's like, crazy. How about some situational awareness? You're down six. Don't so need it. Don't you, need it. It doesn't matter. You know, matter. It's all you about the know that even if you score the touchdown, you have not officially won the game. This actually happened two or three weeks ago. Jamar Chase scored the winner against the Saints for Cincinnati, and he booted the ball into the stands, and he was like, yeah, I just thought that would be fun. But you know what? The Bengals were down two, so the touchdown put them ahead. Like, they didn't need the extra point or the two-point conversion. It was, I scored, we got players the lead. Players, they don't think, just me being honest, they don't think like that. You need to. They don't think like that. That's I'm part telling of the you, job. They don't think like, when he caught that ball, when he caught that, he didn't think at all that. Yeah. He thinking, yo, we're going to hit the field goal or, or extra point, we're going to win the game. Because here's, here's the other thing. That. Like, so we, you, they we, kick the extra point. Kicking the extra point is an important part of that. 
Because you need the one more point when to you win call, the game. When, they, when, they, when he caught that ball, that whole sideline thought the game was over. Game over. Everybody because watching that game thought that was realize, over. Steven Sullivan, number 84 for the Panthers, he took his helmet off too. We're only talking about DJ well, Moore. They, Sullivan is in the end zone with his helmet off. Why do you think the game was over? Do they not know how to count? No, what are because, you talking about? The game was not over. The game in their minds <laughs> are over because the mind is when you go on a special teams meeting, you break well, it down on automatic. Field goal kick is called automatic. Everything hey, is automatic. That's why, that's, you should if y'all hate kickers so much. Now? Sorry, Joy, go ahead. I mean, this is why Carolina is a losing organization. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? This was, this was an unbelievable catch. It was an unbelievable throw. It was a huge moment. It would have been highlights for the past, for the past week. We'd be talking about this incredible story about P.J. Walker. And has Carolina turned it around now that Matt Rule isn't there? Nope, none of that. We're deciding if, if, if the kicker should have made a 48-yard kick, which Oof. he should have, and then we're putting all the blame on him and none of the responsibility on, on the player who just – didn't have to take his helmet off. It's not like a referee was like, you know what? You're doing too much. I'm going to throw this well, back. But where, where do y'all stand on the fact of without DJ Moore, they're not in the position in the first place. Yeah, they lost so the game, so it doesn't let's matter. Get, well, I'm saying without DJ Moore, we, I'm not going to blame DJ Moore for putting me in a position to win. DJ Moore put the Panthers in a position to win. Nobody else. He he put them in. They're not even sniffing winning. I'm more sad for for P.J. Walker. You can't be sad for P.J. Walker. I am. Because if not for D.J. Moore, we're not talking about P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker threw it. Congratulations. 70 yards and now, we can't, now we can't talk about how great he's been playing. Because Ofer. We got to blame Ofer. Here's so, my thing. I, look, I, as much as, like, y'all don't like kickers and don't trust them to do your do their job. Joke, man. But you're, but you're cool with putting him in a worse position. Like, if you don't trust the kicker, you should be doing everything in your power to kick, make his job for easy. Your, for your living, you kick footballs. It's like it's clearly not easy to do it's, or it's actually, more it's people would be able to keep Here's the job. Here's where it is for me. Let's like, look at the Let's look at the game. DJ Moore, six catches, 152 yards, one touchdown. The only touchdown that P.J. Walker actually had. D.J. Moore had up 50% of P.J. Walker's yards. So D.J. Moore is responsible for P.J. Walker's success. D.J. Moore is responsible for the Panthers being in the game. Meanwhile, the kicker, two for three and two for three from extra points in the field goals. Y'all want us to get mad at somebody who had six for 152 in a tub. And played the whole game. And played the whole game Kicker's and not get mad at a plays. kicker who was four for six? Come on, man. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be down on the kicker for missing the the kicks. You should. But to exempt a player from doing the one simple thing that you can't do, celebrate. I don't even like the rule. I don't even understand the rule. I don't even get why it exists. Why would you not be able to take your helmet off? I don't even understand the rule. I think it's a stupid rule. But it is a rule that you know. We all have stupid rules at work that we don't agree with, but we abide by them because it's, it's a part of our job, right? Was, it, was there That's any chance that he didn't know that this was a rule? No, no chance, right? Zero chance. That seven-yard bomb, your mind get yeah, lost. I, I, don't, I think okay, you well knew. then, well then you like, then you like, you like, you like making highlights. And I've like, never had nothing like that either, though. Have, have you? Anything crazy no. like to that magnitude? No, you're right. And it's, it was a great thing. I can't and imagine. It, it. I can't never, imagine it. It won't. It doesn't matter that he did it though, because they lost the game. Well, you can't say it don't matter. If you like highlights, it no, matters. That, that I like matters. to win games. And yeah. the difference between winning organizations and losing well, he didn't organizations. Lose that game. Well, he didn't lose the game. Technically, Ofer lost the game. He was a big Actually, part of it. He missed he, the, he was a big part he, of it. You're, you're right. He didn't play any role in it whatsoever in them losing. No, no, not whatsoever. It's all even the, though, it's all even though your boy Ofer's only missed one 33-yard extra point in his I don't career. even like caping for kickers. That's, yeah. that's not it's even a weird spot to be in. He stepped himself on a, on a flight back. I know it. I can guarantee it. <laughs> we we got to move on. It's going to be more uh, where this came from. But coming up, the NFC East, it is the talk of the NFL right now. 
How about the Eagles? How about the freaking Cowboys? But who? Performance yesterday, Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott, meant more. Both of them balls. Six touchdowns combined. If you count rushing, seven combined. It was a day. We don't talk about it next. Some birds. Well, if you're a Cowboys or Eagles fan, things are going great for you this season. Both teams were rewarded by their quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, two touchdown passes, ran for another one. Dallas wins big over the Bears. On the flip side, Jalen Hurts, he flipped four touchdowns to his wide receivers, the most he's ever thrown in an NFL game. Eagles still undefeated after their easy win over the Steelers. I was thinking about this. Both quarterbacks played incredibly well. Both teams are very good in my mind. But I was like, wait a second. Jalen Hurts balled for the Eagles. He did things that I personally haven't seen him do on a consistent level. But then Dak Prescott, the way he managed that offense and navigated that offense, I thought to myself, yo, if the offense for the Cowboys can play like this, Shady, who in the world can stop the Dallas Cowboys? So with that being said, it leads me to this question. Joy, what performance meant more, Dak's or Jalen's? I think Dax did, but only because I feel like Jalen's been playing well all season. Was he great yesterday? Yes. But to me, what you really needed to see from Dak was the performance that you got. A balanced offense, but he was able to make really good throws. It looks like his hand is completely healed, which is not something I was really trying to pay attention to because I didn't think he should be out there if he wasn't 100% anyway. But to some, Dave Hellman... (laughs) It mattered. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> so you got to see that from Zach. I mean, that was a great offensive performance by the Dallas Cowboys standards this year. And you did it over a team that, you know, we well, don't think is a good team, but has a good defense. <clears throat> and you got to see Tony Pollard show that he can be the number one feature back as well. So all of that together, I feel like the, the performance from Zach was more important to the Cowboys than the Eagles, only because Jalen's been awesome all season. He's in the MVP conversation. I guess, like, I I agree with that, but I actually, I think it's Jalen Hurts. And you're right, I did want to see Dak do that, but, like, I had the utmost confidence that he would. I mean, I know (laughs) that Dak Prescott is one of the ten best quarterbacks in the league, and Dak Prescott has a four- or five-year history of doing this on the reg. Our wonderful stats people looked this up for me. Like, the Cowboys are amazing at rolling over bad teams. It's kind of what they've done. Mike McCarthy's beaten 20 team, or eight teams by 20 points since he got there in 2020. Like, when the Cowboys are the better team, they usually look like, look like it. So, like, I wasn't shocked to see that. And I don't want to say I was shocked by what Jalen Hurts did, but I was incredibly impressed. And you're right, Joy. Like, he's been playing great all season. But, Acho, to your point, he just keeps raising the bar for me. Like, I get it. He can throw the ball. He's not purely a mobile quarterback. But to ball out the way he did while only running for 10 yards, making those throws from the pocket, posterizing Pittsburgh's DBs, which, yeah, like the Steelers aren't a good team, but that's a nice defense. The only other team that's been able to beat the Steelers' ass the way the Eagles did was the Bills. The Bills ran them off the field, and the Eagles did too. So it says a lot to me about what the Eagles might be capable of. And Jalen Hurts, look, like I said at the beginning of the year, they could replace him if he doesn't play well this year. Yeah. He is giving them every reason to want to keep him around. 2-5. You redeemed yourself, brother. <laughs> <laughs> all, that, all the kicker, Ofer. You made, just, you made up for it that last one. I appreciate that. It's obviously Jalen Hurts. The reason why is because, first of all, we're undefeated. And one thing about playing an undefeated team, what? You get, your, you get their best efforts. Every team, when they look at the calendar, we got the Eagles. Like the Texans, Thursday night, they're going to give them their best effort, play their best game. Back then, when, when they talked about the dream team, I was part of that team. We started out with five and one, right? But the, the team we assembled were, were really, really good. And everybody gave us their best effort over and over and over again. So for Jalen Hurst to come out there and throw the ball a couple weeks ago, you are my boy, but you mm-hmm. did say yeah. that it scares you that Jalen Hurst doesn't throw the ball down the field, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he did. Let's fast forward to today. 
That's all he was doing. Yeah. Arrow. <laughs> bombs. He was throwing bombs everywhere. So I love what I'm saying about the, uh, out of Jalen Hurts for my offense and for my team with the Philadelphia Eagles. We look unstoppable. This, I, I don't disagree now. I said Ooh. and I tweeted it yesterday. I was like, yo, if Jalen Hurts can throw the ball like this, not talking about aggregate yards, but I'm talking about easy touchdowns. When you watch the Bills play, they don't have to methodically march down the field 12, 13 play drives. They don't have to do that. Yeah. They'll just go play action, Stephon Diggs, bomb. Yep. When you watch the Chiefs play, they sometimes march the ball methodically down the field, but even the Chiefs, 20-yard gain, 15-yard gain, 27-yard gain, 17-yard gain, touchdown. But when you watch the Eagles, it's not the same thing. You know, when you watch the Eagles, it's 13-play drive, 10-play yeah. drive, 12-play drive. I wanted to see the Eagles and Jalen Hurts score quick, score easy. Y'all working too hard to score. I want to see it just score with ease. And yesterday I said, oh, Jalen, yeah. you can do that as well. That was the one deficiency on the Eagles' offense, I will say, I have not yet seen. Like, I haven't seen them be able to score with the ease they scored with yesterday. That is why I was a little bit more impressed by what Jalen was able to do. Joy, you said you're used to seeing Jalen Hurts do it. Um, was there anything you saw and or learned? Obviously, the Steelers are your team in that Eagles' performance, in that Eagles' win. I mean, A.J. Brown is good. He's a beast. Man, what were they thinking? That was a mistake. Titans letting him go? <laughs> letting him go. That was oh, a mistake. Beast. I feel like the Eagles are getting better. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that should be very, very scary for any team in the NFC. And when I look at the Eagles as a whole, and we've talked about this a lot, that they're a very complete team. You are right. You did get to see some big chunk plays. Pittsburgh struggling. The offense is not giving them any any relief. So even though the Pittsburgh's defense is still solid, when you're on the field all day, that's going to happen as well. I just think that with, with Jalen and the, and the Eagles, they're getting better. Each week they're getting more confident. They're winning in different ways, and they're just a step ahead of everyone else in the NFC. And I, I told you this um, a couple weeks ago. I said the reason why this team is the most scariest team in the NFL, not because of all the players we have, which that really helps, but we're all new. Right? So now, like, Jalen Hurts is really knowing A.J. Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he likes to deep ball more on the outside. Oh, wait, I can throw him jump balls. Mm-hmm. Like, there's things you learn. Devontae Smith, oh, he likes these type of routes. He catches these type of balls. So now when you, when you pick point every different position, right, same thing when I played with Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson. Like, like Macklin would catch more contested balls. So Vic knew I could throw the ball to him third and fives, third and fours. Deshaun Jackson, look, man, hey, look. It's first and ten, bro. It's time to go up top. <laughs> so it's like you know your offense. Same way as a running back. Yeah. We would get certain like linemen. Oh, okay. So he's a he's a better puller than other guys. Or on pass blocks, I need to chip out more because he doesn't do well with one-on-one blocks. So now we took a new team, put them together. They're already good. Now they start to know each other. Dangerous. Like yeah. Dak, <sighs> Cowboys, Pollard. I don't care who was out there. Zeke. It's over for y'all boys. I can't. Dave, let me come to you on this, though. When I was watching the game, the Cowboys game, literally my first thought was, if the Cowboys can play this well offensively, oh, they are a threat to and can beat the Eagles. When you were watching the game and you saw Dak Prescott start 10 for 11, you saw him throw a touchdown pass, you saw him march down the field, you remember, wait a second, the Cowboys were down by three with eight minutes left against the Eagles the first time on the road. As you're watching that game, were you thinking – this Cowboys team can take the Eagles, or did you not even let yourself go there? I think it's early, and like I'm, I'm trying to take a page out of Joy's playbook and just not buy into the hype again. Like you know, again, I've seen the Cowboys do this a lot. Like they were pretty damn good in the regular season. They won 12 games last year. They won 10 games to get to the playoffs in 2018. Like they've been good at winning the games they're supposed to. But I will say, yes, 
if they can run the ball like that, if Dak is on, which he was, and, and again, I have confidence for him to be like, I know it's Halloween. God, I can't wait for Christmas Eve because that's the rematch, man. And yeah, like th- these, I th- these are two of the three best teams in the NFC with Dak Prescott back in the mix. We see what their offense can be with him. We know what they have on their defense. With them and them in San Francisco, like, am I forgetting anybody? Let me ask the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't so know. Cowboys, what are they, like, to, fourth, fifth? But to me, the, the, when you look around the NFC, and I'm looking at who the Eagles have already gotten wins against. Who, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? What are we talking about here? Wait, wait, what do you mean? Like the Eagles. What are we talking about, Eagles, Scooby? And then it's everybody else. Eh. Yes. Yeah, I'm with, I'm yes. with, I'm with Dave. What, what, what did the Eagles do to the Vikings? Beat them, them out. Beat them bad. Smoked them. Bad. Smoked them. The Vikings are a Eagles, good team. What did the Eagles do to the Cowboys? They beat Cooper Rush. Good oh. for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually good with, for them. Wait, 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 nice. wait, wait. I'll, that's, they're not top three in the. Yeah, I would say Dallas top three. Who's, who's the third? Niners, Cowboys, Eagles. And I'm not sure. Not anything. that order, but. But I'm, I'm not yet sold on no, the Vikings. I'd say, I'd, the Vikings. Wait, 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 time out. Not in that order. Not in that order. Those but, no, no, but, but the Vikings, though. You don't think they're a good team? They are a good, good team. Don't let, don't let what we did, <laughs> don't let what the Eagles did mess up your judgment. I think the, Vikings, the Vikings are a good team, but all I'm saying right. is it's the Eagles and then it's everybody else in yeah, whatever oh, yeah. order you want to put them in. Yeah, like Eagles and then it's the brother guy. See, I don't, I don't know that the Vikings have, like, that thing that makes them special. Like, Justin Jefferson is obviously amazing. Darius Smith is a good player. You realize all five of these wins they've had since they lost to Philly have been by eight points or less. And like again, That's a, NFL. A, a win That's is a win. The NFL. It is the but like a team that I'm putting in that category, I expect a, I expect a little bit more. I expect a little bit more. That's all. Then Dave, let me ask you: How wide is the gap now? Now that you've seen Dak play at a high level, how wide is the gap between the Cowboys and Eagles? Eagles and Cowboys. It's close. It's it's. I think it's very close. I think the Eagles have the. Oh yeah. God. I Check think, him out. I think the Eagles have the, the Eagles have the more complete roster. Obviously, the Cowboys' pass rush, man, that is a great equalizer. And then Dak's the better quarterback. Is he? That's what I said. Is he the best quarterback? Yeah, Dax. Wait, wait, so wait, wait. So would you say that you said it's close, but would you favor the Eagles? If they're they're gonna the next game is gonna it's again Christmas Eve it at AT and T in Dallas. I, I bet Dallas will be favored. Producer's calling. He's like, get him up the second base. <laughs> I bet I bet <laughs> Dallas will be favored in that game. Home field advantage. Christmas Dallas Eve. Dallas will be favored. I don't, be favored. I don't know that. I don't yeah. know that. We've been we've been favored every game. Thing, we've won every game. <laughs> Shady, I just if, if the you not I'm not making I'm not making this up. Prescott not worth a touchdown. I, I think Dak's okay. I think he's a good. I think he's a good quarterback. Yo, know, what I watch is a little bit better than what Cooper Rush did, does. He had 250 yards. He threw a lot of slants, a lot of screens. I'm gonna say the truth. He threw a couple good balls. I mean, his first drive, he missed a touchdown. And Enzo, before he ran it in, correct? They still scored a touchdown. I'm at, oh, sir, did he not? That's <laughs> yeah. one. Okay. And then he threw a pick before half. Like playing the Eagles, we're not we're not getting a field goal. Real. Justin Justin uh, Justin Fields. Fields, he can't like throw the ball. Say so it wasn't worried. Real quick for uh, going against a good offense. If your defense can't do, if your offense can't do nothing on the other side, that's great defense compared to the Eagles, where our defense plays well, our, our offense obviously does well. Wait, what are we, what are we saying though? That the Cowboys don't have a good defense? I, what I'm saying is that this performance that he put up against the Bears, yeah, you're going up against an offense that's not that good. They run the ball all game, like they got Jim Brown back in the old days. They don't throw the ball at all. Well, the Eagles, we gonna throw the ball, we are gonna run the ball, we are gonna take shots deep. I seen like three balls deep over 30 yards. This is the NFL. So let's not get carried away about this win against the Bears. Bears scored more points against the Cowboys than the Eagles did. Ooh. 
What does that mean? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's a shot. I mean, Eagles haven't Eagles haven't lost a game yet. Look, we got to stay in the <laughs> NFC North because coming up, there is a dark cloud over the Green Bay Uh-oh. Packers. They lost another one, y'all. Aaron Rodgers. What is going on with him? Is he just blank in Green Bay? That's next on Speed. Y'all seen the game last night? Now, check it out. Listen, we've been underdogs in 2017, yeah, and we got championship with the Eagles. We're underdogs again, okay, with the Phillies, and you know what happens. We went to Houston and got a dub. We, we shocked the world. We're going to do it again. Philadelphia game three, baby. Let's go. Be, be mindful. You're about to hit me in the face. And real quick, they said all the superstars are coming back. Meek Mills is coming back. Yeah. Will Smith is yeah. coming back. Sean Kevin Hart is coming back. Shady McCoy, I got to work. But if I wasn't, <laughs> I would be there, baby. <laughs> All right, we got to head back to the NFL. The Green Bay Packers, no stars for them. Didn't look good last night on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Aaron Rodgers' offense continued to struggle. Finished with two touchdown passes, but that was not enough. Packers lost their fourth straight game. Off to the worst start. Under Matt LaFleur and under Aaron Rodgers. Worst eight-game start, that is. Ooh, Shady. I'm going to give you a second, actually. You, you good? I'm always good, baby. Always good Philadelphia, I'm always good. You blame Aaron Rodgers for what's going on in Green Bay? Absolutely. When I watched that game yesterday, first of all, I went to the game. Did I tell you that? Mm-hmm. So I'm late. I don't know flight. how you made it back. Anyway, <clears throat> private jet. I can afford it. But listen, <laughs> when I watched that game. Well done. Yo, I've never seen Aaron or um, Ro- uh, Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, excuse me. Aaron Rodgers. I've never seen him, like, defeated. It like he didn't want to play yesterday. It like he didn't want to compete. If you watch the game, they started handing the ball off like in the second quarter. All their movements was running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. So I blame him. When have you seen a Packer offense don't want to throw the ball? He didn't want to throw the ball. He didn't want to be there. And everyone wants to take the blame. Oh, it can't be Aaron Rodgers. It got to be the young receivers. Got to be the running backs. No, it's you. It's number 12. Because I'm going to say it. Mm. Dave? Who you blame? Well, I mean, look, there's plenty of blame to go around when the Green Bay Packers are three and five, and Aaron Rodgers is part of that. But honestly, I'm a little surprised, Shady. Like, that was the offensive game plan that I think this group of Green Bay Packers needs to utilize. It's like they remembered they had Aaron Jones. They ran for 200 yards. That's a recipe for success. Rodgers, he didn't throw a pick. Like, I didn't think he was terrible. And actually, the young receivers stepped up for him. Romeo Dobbs. One of, they made catch. one of the catches of the year. Yeah. Yeah. My, my thing is this. I said it at the beginning of the year. I thought this was going to be a different Packers team. I thought they were going to lean on the run. Rodgers was going to make do with what he could in the passing game. And their defense was going to help carry them across the finish line. Like, I was projecting this defense to have a, a Cowboys sort of impact, the way the Cowboys defense has kept them relevant. The stats will tell you that this, like they're middle of the pack. They're not awful. But they don't look good, man. The Bills did whatever they wanted to against those guys. They had 24 first-half points. They scored on four of their first five possessions. When you know you don't have a high-powered offense, what are you supposed to do with that? Like, if the Bills are just naming their score, what is this version of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense supposed to do? And this is a defense? They got six first-round picks starting. Like, they've been investing in this thing with the idea that yeah, we'll finally have a defense that can help us out. They don't look like it. Like, Jair Alexander played pretty nice because they wouldn't put him on Stephon Diggs for whatever reason. Maybe they should rethink that. But, like, they've got a ton of talent on this defense, and they are not playing like it. Like, again, I understand it's the Bills, 
But you got to be able to do more than letting them score on their four of their first five possessions. <clears throat> Blame it, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Three parts equally. Aaron Rodgers, back to back league MVP. Is he more talented than Tom Brady? Blah, blah, blah. Matt LaFleur, Wonder Kid. Oh my God, look what he's done with Aaron Rodgers in this offense. 13 and 3 every single year, crushing the NFC North. And then this very conservative, well-run Green Bay Packers front office. Very, just making slight moves here, and we're always put together and very well-run. The Green Bay Packers are very comfortable doing regular season stuff. And the problem is, because Aaron Rodgers looks the way he looks and puts up the numbers, used to put up the numbers that he would put up, Mm. we all fall into this spell that they're capable of doing more than they are. Why do we think that? Why do we hold the Packers to a lower standard than we hold the Dallas Cowboys? The, 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 The Green Bay Packers were the number one seed in the NFC. They had home field advantage in the frozen tundra. What happened? What was the difference between that game and what happened to the Dallas Cowboys? But we're talking about firing Mike McCarthy. We're talking about, is Dak the guy? What happened to the Green Bay Packers? Why are we not discussing that? They just get a pass on everything. Always a pass. There's no reason we should hold Dak Prescott to a higher standard than we hold the back-to-back league MVP. And I'm not holding wide receivers who would be, like, number four guys on any other team to a standard of Aaron Rodgers. These guys should not be getting banged on the way that they are. Why do we even expect that? They're dealing with injuries from the top guys that they did have. It's not their fault that they're not playing up to the level of Devontae Adams. Why did you think they were going to be able to replace Devontae Adams with volume? Right. There's no secrets in the NFL. You need a serviceable quarterback to a good to great quarterback, right? You got, you got to be at least serviceable to win. You need weapons for that quarterback to throw to, and you need someone on the other side of the ball to get to their quarterback. Right. It's not a secret. It's just everyone tries to like be smarter than the secrets. That's it. <laughs> just look look at the results from the Super Bowls and the good teams. That's what you got to have. For whatever reason, the Green Bay Packers consistently don't think you need weapons. They don't. I don't know why. For I can't. Reasons. I can't seem to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers took all the money, which he's entitled to do. But as you know, when you take all the money, you don't get the players around you that. Get paid well, because you get paid more. And Green Bay's already not a free agent destination. Right, that's true. And Matt LaFleur did elevate Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> but what did that equate to? Did they Have they won a Super Bowl? What are they doing now that they don't have the, the schemes for the over-the-top plays that they were doing with Devontae Adams? What's happening now? Great coaches are ele- able to elevate the talent that they have. Or push back on the front office to say, these players are not going to work with our scheme and what we do. So we need to be more aggressive and bring them in. I'm just trying to figure out why everyone thought this was this Green Bay Packers team was going to look different than they look. I, I think the reason lies in this. Aaron Rodgers, historically at least, has been able to elevate receivers that aren't Devontae Adams. And or he's been able to turn receivers into Devontae Adams. Whether James Jones, whether Jordy Nelson, whether Randall Cobb, whether Greg Jennings, whether Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers has taken second and third round picks yeah. and made them into superstars. So I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were looking at Alan Lazard and were like, oh, if I can do it with Jordy, sure, I'll be able to do it with you. If I can do it with Randall Cobb, I can do it with you, Watson. If I can do it with uh, Devon- Greg Jennings, Devontae Adams, I can do it with you, Dobbs. I think that is the error the Green Bay Packers have been making and have made. Really, the person I'm going to blame is Matt LaFleur. Aaron Rodgers, we know the blame he gets. But I'm blaming Matt LaFleur for this reason. When I saw uh, Quay Walker, the linebacker, get that penalty, and he went to the sideline, and instantly Matt LaFleur was like, you know, it's always the second person that gets caught. But there was no second person. 
Craig Walker, linebacker from the Packers. Terrible. You get up, yeah. you get ejected, and the Bills coach was trying to help you up. So then Quay Walker runs to the sideline, and this is when the coach has a statement to make, not just for now, for the future. And LaFleur says, hey, it's always the second person, always. That is not coaching. What is coaching is what you're watching here. Buffalo Bills score a touchdown. Stephon Diggs about to get a penalty, just like we saw DJ Moore get. But the Bills' teammates are sprinting to keep him from getting penalized. Joy alluded to it earlier in the show, and we do all agree that is the difference between winning and losing. And we are not seeing Matt LaFleur help elevate this team to become better. Shady, when you watch <laughs> Matt LaFleur, and obviously you was at the game, you saw what was going on with the Bills, do you put any blame on Matt LaFleur, or are you really looking at Rodgers like you'd have sit $150 no, million? Well, well yeah, I mean, Coach, he, he gets some of the blame. He's the guy that puts players in position to win, right, and, and – um, you know, mistakes like that, costly penalties, that reflects on the coach. But let's, let's, let's not get fooled here. It's Aaron Rodgers. When we talk about wins and losses, they, they give it all to the quarterback. When Jimmy G goes out there and, and does the minimal job of throwing the ball and they get the win, he gets all the praise. Aaron Rodgers, the, the, the number one seed's back-to-back, MVP back-to-back. He gets the praise for that. So he deserves some, some of this blame for these guys looking bad. Young receivers, you got to elevate these guys. Can he turn it around? I don't think so. And not just from the physical part, but, the, but the, the, the leadership. I don't see no leadership with Aaron Rodgers. And as a quarterback, as a GOAT, you got to have that. You got to have, have it where guys believe in you. Yo, when I first got with, with, with um, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady with the Bucks, we won a championship with that run. That's the first time a, a, a quarterback, I'm going to just go and say it. That's the first time I played with a player where I believe everything he says is going to happen. Shady, yo, look, go out there and walk on water. You'll be okay. <laughs> Are you sure, Tom? <laughs> All right. And then I'll be okay. Like, you got to make your guys believe. So Did you ever walk on water? No, I didn't. Okay. And so if I'm a veteran going through that, imagine what a rookie's confidence is. Yeah. I got your back. Where them guys, you don't have them guys back, and they know it. So it's hard for them to go out there and give you their best and, and play uh, uh, mistake-free. If I think every time I make a mistake, he's going to talk about me in the media. He's going to talk about me to my teammates. So I blame him for a lot of these, the, 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 uh, the results we're seeing with the Packers. Very well said. Well, the results we're seeing in Seattle are not like we're seeing in Green Bay because what's going on in Seattle, it is amazing. Geno Smith and his squad had another huge win yesterday. Can you believe the Seattle Seahawks are doing this? But should we take them seriously? That's next. I mean, can we talk about the apology? Welcome back, y'all. We got to check in on our social life because this was a little spicy. Tyler Lockett, the Seahawks receiver, he said, it's amazing what we can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. Now, if you look at him saying this yesterday or earlier today, people need to stop reaching. I've said this quote like five to ten times since I've been in the league. Stop looking for a story and let us just enjoy our team. Lock, I hear you, big dog. I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Uh, Joy, what was your take on this? We had some spicy conversation in our group chat when this was thrown in there. <laughs> I mean, look, if he's cleared it up, this is kind of a soft clear up because he could just say I wasn't talking about Russ. Right? Yeah. If he really wasn't talking about Russ, he, uh, he could say he's not talking about Russ. Maybe he's not talking about Russ. If he, I just feel like they was winning. They won some things with Russ there, so I, just, I, I don't know. I mean, look, it, I'm going to take him at his word that he wasn't talking about Russ, yeah. but who are, you, who are you talking about? Who are you talking about that? Like, who are you? You have to be talking about someone. It's amazing that... That implies that somebody else so, wanted yeah. credit at so some who, point in time. Who, who Jinkies. wanted all of the credit? See, it's interesting. I, I know Locke, so I really don't think he was talking about Russ. So who are you I, talking about then? I don't know if he was actually talking about anybody. 
I think Locke, at first I, I was with y'all like, yeah, he had to be talking about somebody. I was like, nah, I think Locke was just like, yo, it's amazing what we can accomplish when we all just work together. So it was just a quarterback speak thing? Yeah, I don't think this was like a, oh, Russ was super selfish and now we're working together. So I'm going to say this. I think it was just like, yo, what a selfless team can accomplish is dope. But because we all know, sure. that's mm-hmm. why I think it, we all is, is that how Locke is? He's like, just cool. Locke is chill. He seems nice. He don't want no problem. Don't yeah. just make a joke. I swear. No, I don't know. I'm being serious. I'm not doing that now. I like him. I like his game. I, know, I, if mean, I like a game, I might see him. If he's saying that, is, that he didn't mean that, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But you got to be aware like, who that you talking everybody, about? You saying, yeah, who you talking first about? of all, who are you talking about? Right. And if it's just a quarterback speak thing, that's fine. But you got to be aware that everyone is paying attention we all watch to what happens. I'll take his word, though. If he said Denver. it, I'll take his word. I, and I said this last week, like, it is, it's a bummer that everything about the Seahawks yeah. has to be in the frame of Russell Wilson. But... That's just the nature of what the beast. It is. It's the nature of the beast. Heck yeah. So, when a quarterback leaves like that, this is what it is. This is what it's going to be, at least until next year. But staying with the Seattle Seahawks, again, they're surprising us, y'all. Five and three. Another big win over a Giants team that was six and one going into yesterday's game. Geno Smith threw for two more touchdown passes. No picks. Seahawks staying on top of the NFC West. They look oh so very good. But Shady McCoy, are you taking them seriously just yet? I think they're a good team. Um, I don't know how serious I should take them. Um, I think they're a contender, if, if that's answering the question. I mean, but let's be honest. <laughs> they beat the Broncos, and Russ is not playing like Russ. He ain't cooking. He's microwaving. And then you got the Lions, the Cardinals, the Chargers. They beat one good team, the Giants. Mm-hmm. So before I, like, praise them like everybody else is doing, uh, I'm going to just wait a little bit, and I think I got I to gotta see more. I think Geno Smith is playing well, right? I, I can't erase seven years of saying – Terrible, bad football, because I see seven good games of football that he's arrived. I can't do that. I got to see more. They're playing well. They run the ball well. They're, they're like, okay on defense, right? But I will say this. For Geno Smith, his, his ability, they're doing a great job of, of, of the play calling. Run the ball, run the ball. Like I watched yesterday, they were hitting him with so many hitches, right? They were, the Giants were playing off hitch, hitches, hitches. And then they start hitting him with double moves, stutter moves. I was like, whoa, that, they, that, that was pretty well. It's not hard to read, right, for a quarterback. And if you're giving if you're giving a, um, a defense a certain look over time, and then you you counter it with a, with a, with, a, with a double move, so I respect what they're doing. They're playing good football. I just don't want to praise them too early, you know. Not just yet, Dave. Where are you stand? I you have to take this team seriously, and I don't mean it as a backhanded compliment. But who else are you taking seriously in the NFC? Like Shady, you were just talking about their schedule. I don't disagree with you, but if you look at it. They don't play that many other good teams. Like they got games against they got another game against the Niners, who that's the one team that's, that's a good one. It's the one team that's really beating them up this year. Like the Niners beat them pretty good back in week two. They got a game against the Chiefs. Okay, cool. Other than that, I see the Panthers. Ooh. I see the Raiders. Yeah. Didn't score a point in an NFL point. game. Come on, Raiders. Yeah, that's crazy. You got two <laughs> games against the Rams, who look like they are in some serious trouble. Like they're already halfway. Like they don't they, they gotta win four more games the rest of the way to have a winning record. The NFC, we just talked about it. Like outside of Minnesota, Dallas, Philly, and uh, and uh, and San Francisco, who who else? There's seven spots. I just named four teams. Who you like better than the Seahawks? Gino, you are a beast, my friend. You realize his lowest quarterback rating this year is 80, lowest. He's been in the he's been in the triple digits three uh, three times. Beast. Dude is a yeah. He is a deep ball phenom. The way he, and that's the thing is like they're not trying to hide Gino Smith. 
Like, the, the running game is nice, but he makes four or five badass throws a week. And at this point, we're eight weeks in, man. Like, this isn't fluky stuff. So, yeah, do I think the Seahawks are going to make it to the Super Bowl? Not really. But I damn sure think that they're going to be in the, in the playoffs. Absolutely. I'm noting, I'm noting that. He just said Geno Smith is a beast. He's so, playing like whoa, a beast. Whoa, 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 time out. So the next time we speak about my birds and Jalen Hurts, he got to get some better words <laughs> for Jalen. So, carry on. Carry on. No All right, fair. All right, all right. Dave Hellman. <laughs> Jalen played the best game of anybody in the league. Geno Smith beast. Joy, where are you staying on the Seahawks? You taking them seriously? Yeah, I think you have to take them take them seriously. In, in the NFC, this is what it is. They're capable of winning a playoff game. I don't think that they're Super Bowl contenders, but again, I've said over and over, I think there's one team in the NFC that I really think is like that, and everybody else has holes and has bad losses, including the Seahawks, Lions, and the Falcons, like, those are bad losses. Well, maybe not the Falcons now, but they're still – Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. Right. Like, we still have to look at the Seahawks as, as a whole at what their season has been. I think they're playing really good football, and that win against the Giants was convincing. Whatever, you know, everyone, Seahawks fans got real sensitive about the, about the Giants. The Giants were winning football games. Like, yeah. that's a good win for the Seahawks. The Giants are a good team. Good. Good, not great. There's only one great team in the NFC, and that's my point. It's not a, it's not a backhanded compliment, like – if you're playing good football, you have a chance this year. Right. There's so much parity outside of the Eagles and the NFC. Uh, the Niners, to me, is, are really the only team that's that's close to the Eagles, and that's because of talent, because obviously the, 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 the Niners have been clunky this season as well. I, I think you do have to take the Seahawks seriously. And they have a coach that's done it before that's true. and that been back true. again. And that, to, to me, that matters. that matters. Yeah, I think the Seahawks are uh, a legitimate point, NFC point. team. You got Geno Smith. But more importantly, Geno Smith is playing like what Pete Carroll wanted all the time. No interceptions, not very many at least. 13 touchdowns, no picks, highest completion percentage in the league. Geno Smith, I respect you. I respect the Seahawks. But coming up, you can't deny respect of the Philadelphia Eagles. But here's the real question. Who in the world is a threat and the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC. We know the Eagles are good, but what's that one team that's capable of knocking them off? I see why. That's next. Eagles are undefeated. I, I can't see none. Eagles beat the Steelers down yesterday. They remain on top of the NFC, a perfect 7-0 record. Now, Philly has been dominant. They have been dominant this year. Top three, total offense, total defense. But what about the other teams in the conference? Here's what I love. I love the fact that I don't play for the Eagles anymore, Shady, because now I don't have to look at it, take it one game at a time. Instead, I can just take it from a bird's eye view and start to, like, forecast who might give the Eagles trouble. When I think who might give the Eagles trouble and who's a threat, there is one real, real team to me, the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Everybody be mindful of the San Francisco 49ers, the only team in the National Football League with an all-pro running back, an all-pro wide receiver, an all-pro offensive lineman, and an all-pro tight end, not to mention their all-pro linebacker and their all-pro cornerback and maybe the most underrated safety in the league in Hafunga. Everybody, particularly the Eagles, be mindful of those San Francisco 49ers. They are the biggest threat in my mind to the Eagles in the NFL. See Joy Taylor, though, what say you? I agree. I think it's the Niners. And then looking at the NFC right now, it seems like that's a little bit of a stretch, but I can't ignore all the talent that the Niners have and their coaching. That's, that's outside of the quarterback. I've seen what Jimmy G can do. I think they, they win in spite of him, but I don't take the Minnesota Vikings seriously. I think they're a good, good team. They're better, but I've seen Kirk Cousins in primetime. Yeah, pass. Seahawks, again, like, I just, I think this is a great story. They're a good team. They could definitely beat someone in the playoffs, but I don't think they have enough to be Super Bowl contenders. Certainly not talking about the Falcons. 
Cowboys, maybe, maybe, but not really because I just watched it and it wasn't that impressive. To me, it's only the Niners. Mm. Can, can we get the Niners to play as good as we all want to believe that they are consistently? They looked amazing. They, yesterday. they looked amazing. They yesterday. looked amazing yesterday. The consistency is a problem, though. They got losses to the Bears and the Falcons. Which I know the Falcons. Let me let me ask you this, Dave, because you are a not just a fan of football, you're a student of football, et cetera. Where do you view context? The loss to the Bears, obviously, as we know, Jimmy G, his first start. Obviously, as we know, Jimmy G coming in for Trey Lance, he started week one. The loss to the Falcons, that was bad. I don't really have excuse for the loss to the Falcons. The loss they took last week. Chiefs loss is fine. Yeah, Yeah. the Chiefs, like, where do you view context? Because I look at the Niners and I'm like, I still think they like that, but it's hard to defend the losses. I actually, I really, I think very highly of the Niners. I mean, I, I picked the Cowboys, and I'll tell you why. Mainly is just it's a divisional rivalry. And on top of that, I think the Cowboys are built in all of the, the right ways uh, to win matchups like this. Ironically, they're not very good against the run, which the Eagles are. But when you match those offenses together, I think the Cowboys can keep up with the Eagles. I think they can get after Jalen Hurts. They've got a pass rush. They sacked him four times in the first game with a little bit more offensive firepower. At the very least, y'all can at least agree that's a closer game with Dak Prescott in the lineup. It was a close game without him. It was for, well, for a minute. I mean, for three and a half quarters. The Cowboys cut it to 20 to 17, and the Eagles were like, all right, we're done here. We're like, we're done with this being. Yeah. Yeah. So it 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 wasn't as competitive as the score indicates, in my opinion. But with Dak. With Dak, I think it would be. And, and on top of that, I know these teams have to see each other to figure out the NFC East. Like, I would imagine the Eagles aren't going to run away with this to the point that the division will be locked up by the time those teams play. I, that would be very impressive. So, I say the Cowboys. We got one reason. Niners, one Cowboys. Where you stand? Wait, wait. So, wait. When, when do we play the Cowboys? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. So, we have some time before we get it going. So, my thing is, when we see the Cowboys again, we're going to be way, way better. So, I, I don't see the Cowboys. I like what you said. The Niners. Right now, you add on Christian McCaffrey to that mix. He did all that without Debo playing. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get better and better and better. And I don't think that most offenses will do that to that 49 defense that we'll be seeing what the Chiefs do to them. Right. So they they'll be better. My only my only team I think is Minnesota. Right. And and we see what we did to them, Joy. We see how that went. I think, but that's what I'm saying. Like I. I've, I think that Minnesota, you can't disregard their record, but if we're talking about comparing them to the Eagles, yeah. it's not a conversation. They, well, oh, wait. They do look better, though. So I've been mm-hmm. doing my scouting. I've been doing my little GM, put my GM hat they're on. Get, they're getting better? GM McCoy, right? They look good. They, they look solid on both ends. When I say both ends, I mean on defense and offense. They're not, like, super great, but they're solid. And that's all I want as a player. I want my teammates and my team just to be solid. Don't be super great. Everybody can't be Mahomes or, or Josh. But I want a, a, a solid unit quarterback, wide receivers, linemen. You can win with that. But my, my thing with what we're talking about here, we're not talking about who can knock someone off in the regular season. If the Eagles lose a game before the season's over, it's not going to cause right. panic. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the postseason. Playoffs? Okay. And unfortunately for the Vikings, postseason means what? Primetime Prime time games. Okay. Which, and that's, well, if, if you're, you're going that way, then. Tell, tell, tell your boy, because that's your boy, yeah. how, how that thing works in the post, Don't in the post Dallas, for the Cowboys and okay. Dak Prescott. Uh, tell him that, then. If he's keeping it real. Dak, Dak Prescott plays all of his games yeah, in primetime. <laughs> so, look, the, the playoff record is what it is. He's better than Kirk Cousins. The playoff record is what it is. But in, in terms of big moment, you know you Wait, would let me take Dak let me, let me break this up to come to you, because you, you said the Cowboys. Now, I believe the Cowboys-Eagles game was closer than it seems like most people on the desk believe. But let's talk a second about the Niners and the Cowboys. What team do you think 
is a more talented football team mm. when you talk about the oh. Niners and the Cowboys. The Niners, my, the Niners are right up there with the Eagles in terms of the most talent on their roster. If so anything, why the Cowboys posing a bigger threat to the uh, Eagles? Well, like the Cowboys, it's more direct. Like it's a division. You know, like the, you know the, the NFC East is still up for grabs theoretically. Like I know yeah. that sounds silly to say here at Halloween, but it is. Like the Eagles still, the Eagles haven't played the Giants yet. Yeah. So like you gotta make, you gotta factor that in, and then this rematch on Christmas Eve, like I think that will be for the division, and so I just say the Cowboys pre- pre- present, excuse me, a bigger obstacle in the here and now, in the sense Got that they're it. in the Eagles' way of winning the NFC East. Now, Joy, when you when you and I are talking, you're thinking more long term because I'm not talking about regular season. I'm thinking playoffs. If I'm an Eagle, as an Eagles fan, I would rather. I don't want the Eagles to see the Niners. If the Eagles see the Niners in the playoffs, I'm not betting that game. I'm going to be nervous. If who? I'm if who? <laughs> if who? So yeah. I don't want to see us Cowboys, how, Niners. Who else? Who on the list? Minnesota. <laughs> who else on this list? Seahawks. When y'all see that flag, y'all know what time it is, baby. What time is it? Aren't you not supposed to like W's. <laughs> Wins. Go Birds. Super Bowl. Ooh. Hear what I said? You just skip past the Sorry whole to interrupt y'all. I couldn't wait. It was too much of Dallas and all those other teams. We are the real team. Sorry about that. <laughs> Coming up, there are some dangerous teams in the NFL. We just finished talking about a couple of them. But some might even call them scary. Mm. It's Halloween, so y'all know what we got to do. We got to pick the scariest team in the NFL. That's next on Speed. Hey. All right, y'all, it is time to take care of some family. Wait, did we take care of family business? Where in the world is Joy? Oh, 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 God. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, hey, calm down. Calm down, J-Rex. Oh, sorry. Calm down now. Get your tails everywhere, J-Rex. Come on now. Okay, he's going to knock something on the set over. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Best thing I've ever seen. J-Rex. You catch like CD Lamb. Whoa, J Rex. Whoa. Okay, wait. Going we gotta make, we gotta make some today. picks for what our scariest team and who our scariest team in the league <laughs> is. J Rex catches like CD Lamb. <laughs> Dave, who's your on this Halloween? Who's your scariest team in the NFL? I mean, they took the week off, but the Chiefs still have Patrick Mahomes, right? They that's do. that's always gonna be my answer. They do. They do. Where's my flag? Where's my flag? Don't flag, worry about it. Flag, please. Philadelphia please. Eagles, baby. Is it a secret? I think I got to go with the 49ers, man. I got to go with the 49ers now. I don't know how we're going to communicate with the animal here. It's the Miami Dolphins, baby! <laughs> no! <laughs> so, why are you calling J-Rex, big dog? Joy. Oh, you, see, you see what he did there? Uh, yeah, yeah. You can you read see. the teleporter. You can't uh, read. Elmo, don't worry about it. We got J-Rex. Fantastic. Um, are you okay in there? I don't know. what is he... Billy Rocky? Yeah, you Billy Rocky, J Rock. On every block. Well, I've, yeah, never, yeah, like, I've, never, I've never seen uh, J Rock with heels on, though. No. Yeah. I've never seen. J Rock's got style. Like, Jurassic Park. Oh. <laughs> okay, y'all. That is it for us. It's going to be Race Hub next. J Rock, go. go. Yeah, do your thing, J Rock. <laughs>